Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. A lot to get into on a Monday, so let's not waste any time. Let's head out to the Circus Sports guest hotline. And joining us now from the Sporting Tribune, Steve Carp. Carpy, how are you doing, my friend? I am well, other than my Giants did not show up today for <laughs> Sunday. And uh, a bad season got a lot worse. I don't know if we're going to see Daniel Jones again this year. And that might mean a lot of Tommy DeVito, which uh, <laughs> it's... Uh, it's one of those, uh, like, turn back the clock to when I was, like, 12 years old. The Giants were, like, the worst, one of the worst teams in the entire NFL. It's like history's repeating itself. Yeah, I mean, it began uh, pretty rough with that 40-0 to loss to the Cowboys and really haven't improved since. You know, a lot of uh, talk going into the game on Sunday. Lead story in the Sporting Tribune today is your column. It is the first game for, uh, you know, the new head coach or the, the interim head coach, Antonio Pierce, former Giants linebacker. What did you see from the team? I mean, obviously, whenever you make a coaching change, one or two things can happen. Either the team kind of uses that as an excuse to kind of Rumble and mail in the season. These guys look like they were pretty pumped up out there. You know what? I think it was like a guy who gets out of jail or gets out of prison and he's he has his freedom back. These guys played without fear, without any you know, kind of shackle on them. They they were able to make a mistake and not have to worry about being benched. I mean, I think Josh McDaniels coached through fear a lot. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure that unless you're Bill Belichick, you can get away with that. I'm not even sure he can get away with it anymore. You know, watching the Patriots week after week. Yeah. I know that those guys are are going to respond to fear from the coach. And so here comes Antonio Pierce. First of all, a former player. Second of all, a guy who has unbridled enthusiasm and is super intense. I think the players fed off of it, and they really, they went after the Giants on both sides of the ball. They dominated all three phases. <laughs> I got to tell you, Rosh, it was, it was like, where the hell's this been all year? Yeah. Now... Is this something that can parlay into a, and again, it's only one game against the Giants and we just talked about, uh, you know, how bad the Giants are. Do you think Pierce has a chance, depending on how this team uh, finish out 
the season? Do you do do you think Pierce will be given the opportunity to become the permanent head coach? I will say two words. Rich Pisaccia. Yeah, right. It didn't work out there. Well, but a couple of years ago, he got the Raiders into the playoffs. The guys loved playing for him. And what does Mark Davis do? He hires Josh McDaniels. Yeah. So I'd like to think that Antonio Pierce has a, a legit shot to keep his job permanently. But I don't know what Mark Davis is thinking. Did, did he learn his lesson from the, the Rich Passaccia experience? Hell, I have no idea. All yeah. I know is Mark Davis was smiling after the game today. Yes, right. So that's a positive. And, and the Raiders, the Raider fans, they left the Legion Stadium for the first time in a while feeling good about things. That maybe, just maybe, they can get this thing right save the season, at least make a run at trying to make the playoffs. You know, there's still half a season yeah. around. I'm like, it's not like the Giants season. Let's put it this way. <laughs> yes, the Raiders still have hope. The Giants, I don't know what their future is, to be honest, because I don't know if they, first of all, Daniel Jones is probably out for the year. You know, mm-hmm. the smoke towards ACL in his right knee. On, on a really freak play, he just lost his balance and lost his footing, and all of a sudden he's in the blue tent, and then he's in the locker room, and, you know, Tommy DeVito was in, and you, you knew if you were a Giants fan that you weren't winning a game with Tommy DeVito. No. Sorry. It didn't matter, you know, who they were playing. That that guy's just not an NFL quarterback. You know what he is? What? He's like an XFL quarterback. Oh, that's not good. No, seriously. Yeah. He played pro football for money. Just not in the NFL. <laughs> and, uh, and I'll tell you what, but I'll tell you who is an NFL quarterback. Aiden O'Connell. Yeah, that there guy you go. Sunday, he was, he was running that offense the right way. And, and I know they kind of made, went a little conservative in the second half, up 30 to nothing. But in getting to 30 to nothing, he made a lot of good decisions. He made a lot of good throws. Obviously, getting Josh Jacobs playing like Josh Jacobs again is a big part of it because it takes a lot of pressure off the quarterback. But it just seemed like Aiden O'Connell was very comfortable. The offensive line did a great job blocking for him. He got all of his receivers involved, including Hunter Renfro. Can you imagine that? (laughs) Hunter Renfro had two really good catches to set up. The uh, the third touchdown that made it twenty one nothing, and you know the Giants were double teaming Devonte Adams. They weren't going to let him beat them. So obviously Jacoby Myers was open, Trey Tucker was open, Hunter Renfro was open. Um, the two tight ends were open. So as long as Aiden O'Connell had a little bit of time, which he did, he's going to make those plays. And that's really a big part of why the Raiders won, and the other part being eight sacks of giant quarterbacks, Max Crosby with three of them, the defense coming up with a couple of interceptions, and and playing really well. It's It was like it all came together in one beautiful, happy, silver-black package. 
Now, listen, uh, Max Crosby really gave us a sense of the relief, I think, that the team had. And some fans could be like, listen, it's one win. But, I mean, uh, they were smoking cigars post-game. They were uh, celebrating that a little bit like a playoff win. And the significance there is I I really do think Josh McDaniels, by the time he was let go, had lost that locker room. So it wasn't just a celebration of a win. It was a celebration of a win without McDaniels, without Ziegler. Like, like this is something new, and we'll see how the season plays out. But did you get that sense post-game, Steve, that, yeah. that, that this was a team that has new life in it? Absolutely. The room, the complexion of that locker room has changed 180 degrees from when Josh McDaniels was there Tuesday to Sunday with Antonio Pierce. These guys came to the game today looking forward to playing football. It wasn't like a job. It was like, hey, let's go out there and enjoy it. And everybody to a man said that Antonio Pierce and the coaches were responsible for changing just everything about what was going on with the Raiders in terms of atmosphere and just making it a fun place again. Mm-hmm. You know, if you you know, you and I we we've worked at a lot of places, right? Yep. If you if you go to a place that you're unhappy working, it becomes drudgery, doesn't it? Yeah. You don't yep. want to even show up. You show up because you're getting paid. But you pretty much aren't giving your best effort because you, you don't feel appreciated or wanted or you don't feel like there's any hope. The Raiders now, when they come to the facility in Henderson, they come into an environment that is energetic and hopeful. So, like, they believe that they can compete as they are. Remember, it's too late. You know, the trade deadline's come and gone. Yeah. I mean, if you could sign a guy, you know, to your practice squad or whatever. So, you know, if you're Champ Kelly, who's the interim GM, you're, you're kind of just massaging things and and just giving the head coach and his staff as much support as you can do. But it's really, this is Antonio Pierce's time. This is his audition. And you got to say, after looking at the way his team performed today, uh, Sunday, it's a pretty good audition. I mean, yeah. those guys really... They, everybody was into it. The fans were into it. It was pretty loud in there, even though there were a lot of giant fans there. But overall, this is a good start and a good launching off point for the Raiders for the second half of the season. So let's see where it goes. They play the Jets that Sunday night. Maybe Aaron Rodgers plays. Who the hell knows? <laughs> you know. So, by the way, he was, Steve, at, by the way, he was at the Breeders' Cup. Oh, yes. well, that was good. That was going to be my, by the way, to you because I saw him at the Breeders' Cup. He was sitting right next to me, and so I mean, listen, big difference between walking uh, trackside and playing in a football game. But he's walking, no limp, no cane, no no nothing. Uh, again, he, he's not going to come back this month. But I do think things are progressing in the direction of him. If the Jets are in playoff position and are right now. They uh, are. Yeah. They are, Ross. Exactly. Go, go. lost today. 
Buffalo yeah. lost today. New England lost today. Yeah. They beat the Chargers tomorrow night. They're right there. Yeah. So They're right uh, there. If they beat the Chargers on Monday Night Football, they are right there. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, if 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 they're in yeah. playoff position, Aaron Rodgers is going to do something that we haven't seen. Just really the miracle of uh, of of where we're at with these injuries. I mean, Steve, you know, back when you were first covering sports, I mean, if you had tore your Achilles, I mean, that could have been the end of your career. And now for a player to tear at week one and come back by the end of the season is incredible. And you know what? You, you see in baseball all the time. Yeah. Guys, Tommy John surgery. And, you know, they're back play. Look at Bryce Harper. I mean, he should have been out maybe the entire season. He was back and, and played virtually all year for Philadelphia. Yeah. You know, Otani, I don't know if he'll pitch next year, but he'll be able to play. No. You know, whether it's with the Angels, the Dodgers, whoever. But your point is well taken, Arash. Yeah, but we see with modern medicine, gives athletes a chance to not only extend their careers, but bounce back quicker from injury. Yeah, it's it's so incredible. Uh, switching gears now, uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights, the Vegas Golden Knights. Again, first loss of the season, which is really saying something, uh, Steve. We're, we're in November, and for them to kind of have the start to the season that they, that they did – uh, and you touched on it in your in your column. Uh, mm. It's it's really hard for a team coming off of a championship to be motivated at the beginning of the season because what generally happens is you know is you're kind of thinking okay like let's just get through the season and get to the postseason and then we'll defend our championship. I, it does seem like these guys want to prove not only are we the defending champions, we are better than we were a year ago. What have you seen from this team? Again, they lose last night to the Anaheim Ducks. But, listen, still an amazing start to the season. Yeah, well, and, and you know, they had a 2 nothing lead uh, Sunday against the Ducks. And, you know, give Anaheim credit. They're a much-improved team from the beginning of the year. Greg Cronin's doing a really good job. And, you know, people who like hockey should follow our Derek Lee, who really is on top of things in Anaheim with that Ducks team. Yep. All that being said, though, the Knights have been dealing with a lot of injuries. They're still winning, and no one's making excuses, which is what I'm really impressed by, because it would have been easy for Bruce Cassidy last night to just say, well, you know, we're playing back-to-back. -back. It was our third or four nights. We didn't have Alec Martinez. We don't have Nick Waugh. We don't have Nick Hay. We don't have... Zach Whitecloud, Petrangelo's banged up. You know, we've got Carrier, who's still sick. No, he just gave Anaheim credit for making enough plays to win the game, and that's how you're supposed to do it. So, all said, I think what I said in my calm Saturday really hits home with this team. They have a great chemistry within that locker room of theirs. Yeah. And it's really well policed by Mark Stone and the leadership group. They don't let anybody stray. Everyone is on the same page. They all like and respect the coach. They believe in the system. They trust each other. There's no clicks or animosity. And as I wrote, you got to give Kelly McCrimmon, the general manager, a lot of credit. 
he could have easily broke this team up over the summer. Yeah. So what does he do? He keeps Ivan Farbashev, who's younger and better than Riley Smith, and he moves Riley Smith on so he should clear the five million in cap space to keep Barbashev. He keeps Robin Leonard on long-term injured reserve. I don't know if Leonard will ever play again, by the way, Arash. Mm-hmm. He, he's had so many issues off the ice. I'm not sure he's ever going to play again. But by having Leonard's $5 million not count against the cap, he's able to sign Aiden Hill to a two-year extension at $4.9 million. So he made a lot of smart moves. He created competition from within. He's giving the guys from Henderson a chance to play and contribute. And we're seeing it, whether it's Brandon Pacal, Pavel Dorofeyev, Paul Cotter. Um, these guys are all doing a pretty good job overall. So when you look at it, it's not that surprising that they started well, but to start this well, that is a surprise. I mean, to lose one game in regulation and then the other game they lost in, in uh, OT. I mean, that's um, that's pretty impressive. Steve, we'll, we'll talk about this more next week, but as a local in Las Vegas, uh, the Formula One, I think a lot of people have been talking about that. I've been fascinated by the big story a year ago was the hotel room prices. They've dipped to the point where uh, a hotel room during the weekend previous. So this upcoming weekend, it is more expensive to get a room, um, for example, if you're a Jets fan coming for the game. It's more expensive that weekend than it is for the F1 weekend. I just think a lot of people have been kind of turned off by uh, what's happening. I don't know. I, again, it, it's a 10-year contract. Steve, I, wh- what do you think about this event that's taking over your city in the Strip? And what are locals saying in terms of, you know, this being year one of the 10-year contracts? Well, virtually every person that I know who lives here, when I ask them, are they going to watch or go to the F1 race? They look at me like I've got three heads. They say, <laughs> are you kidding me? I'm not going near that thing. You know, first of all, they're not paying thousands of dollars to sit out in the cold on a Saturday night. Yep. All right. It is going to be a little chilly. Uh, you know, they can watch it on TV. Second of all, how are you going to get to the race? Well, the streets are closed. Mm-hmm. All right. Where are you going to park? What are you going to do? Walk two miles and and then sit out in the cold to watch Max Verstappen, who doesn't even want to be here? <laughs> you know, he'll probably win the race. He, you know, he kind of kind of ripped Vegas the other day when he was asked about it. So when the the best driver in sport is disparaging your city and your event, I mean, it doesn't lend a whole lot of confidence to want to support it, does it? No, no. I mean, as as you and I have talked, we'll let someone else cover it for us. Um, (laughs) I'd rather go to... A five-year-old's birthday party. <laughs> you are literally doing that. And, and I think I you're making the right call. And, yes. <laughs> and I am doing that. I would rather do that than, you know, try to get to the media center 
Yeah. On Covo Lane or wherever the hell it's going to be in the paddock <laughs> and watch the race on TV anyway that I can watch at home. Yeah. So, you know, and, and let's also be honest. They, they're not the most media-friendly people no. to the people in the city where the race is being held. Now, if you're one of these writers who cover or, or videographers or bloggers who cover F1 and go all over the world, you know, yeah, they take care of you. They'll, they'll make sure you get to talk to the drivers and, and get what you need. But, you know, for guys like us no. and, and other media in town, they're not, you know, they're not looking forward to this. Well, I, can be, I can tell you, you know, more people are excited about, you know, this one's basketball game Monday night at T-Mobile with LSU and USC playing in a doubleheader. And, exactly. You know, USC's men play. And UNLV, by the way, opens up their season Wednesday night. Yeah. So all of that is more important. Yeah. Uh, more people it, care about that. It, totally. And we'll we'll touch on it more in the next week because yeah, they they they, they really started off on a bad foot. Uh, Steve, well, we'll um, have you back on next week. You're the best. Uh, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by the Sporting Tribune's Brandon Deutsch. When we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the best in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Still clown with the underground when we come around. Welcome back to the Rosh Markazi Show, presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 716 Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or want to win tickets for an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. Well, let's head out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline and joining us now, our old friend Brandon Deutsch. Brandon, how are you? I'm good. I can't complain. Can't complain except, you know, it, it, it was uh, a great, a great uh, day. Alex Grinch getting fired. So I was so at the game. So. Let's let's start with this. Okay, so uh, yesterday, Sunday, you're probably maybe enjoying brunch or breakfast. This is a moment that we've been hoping for for quite some time. And to be honest, Brandon, and we could touch on this. A li- you know, too little, too late. You know, like, I mean, if this happens in the off season, then they can act. The defense that we'll see take the field at Eugene is going to be Alex Grinch's defense and his scheme and whatnot. I mean, just n- not enough time to, to, to change. But paint the picture. The moment that we've been waiting for Sunday, I'm sure you got a text or a tweet or whatever. How did you find out that Grinch was no longer the defensive coordinator? Yeah, I saw it, a notification, right? Like we all got it. And then I saw your tweet. I saw a few other, like all within this, you know, two, three minute, um, you know, news, news break. 
And I know it must have been tough for Lincoln, considering they're really good friends. And that was the only reason why he was still the coach. And I get it. At the end of the day, we're all human beings. It's tough. And it's just, but again, this is a results-based business. Don't, don't be in, don't be in the sports business being an athlete or a coach. If you don't expect that stuff is going to go down, like you're going to get fired. If you don't get results, that's what I was, they gave him more than enough time. And he is say what you want about everything else, everybody else on the team, Lincoln Riley, you know, in big games, the record, whatever. Lincoln Riley has produced consistently a top five offense over the past seven years, every single year. He is not the problem. He would win. He would have won a national championship with this team if they had any good defensive coordinator, in my opinion, because all you have to do is limit the other team to 40 or less points. And he almost did it last year until, you know, the wheels fell off there at the end in Utah. There was some play calling to stuff. At the end of the day, it's tough. Unfortunately, Alex Grinch might have ruined, might have cost USC a national championship because of his defensive scheme. Because, you know, you have the best player, arguably, some people say ever, talent-wise. I mean, his ability to read defenses at this age is really paralleled by few in history. But one of them, one of the most talented players we've seen in college football in a long time, and he's not even going to have a Pac-12 championship, it's looking like, or even a Rose Bowl appearance, yet alone a CFP appearance. Um, and it, it's because of Alex Grinch, Arash. So, I mean, it's a great day for the future. We can talk more about their schedule next year. Next year's a wash year, in my opinion. It's going to be a six and six year max, probably. I mean, we could touch on that. They're going to have a new quarterback, new scheme, but hopefully they get a new defensive coordinator and move ship quick. Now, he, the, 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 you brought this up, and you were the first one to say, you know, before Caleb Williams took a snap, you said this will be the most talented quarterback in USC's um, history, which is, you know, really saying something when you look at kind of the run that they had, Carson Palmer, Matt Leiner, Mark Sanchez, uh, Sam Darnold, of course. But uh, but you're 100% right, and, and they, they seem to have had a lot of success quickly, where, again, one loss – in the regular season a year ago, one point loss to Utah could have gone like either way. And then the wheels really came off the last two games of the season. And the only bright spot that I thought for them giving up over 46 points and over 530 yards to both Utah and Tulane. I mean, the Tulane thing still is crazy is that, okay, you, you can't bring back Alex Grinch as the coach. And so what they've done is really wasted a season because at this point, as much as USC fans are happy that Grinch is gone. And again, this is, this is a human being who's got a family, but he should not have been the defensive coordinator of the USC Trojans. The problem is there's not, not enough time to change anything. What is going to happen in Eugene? What's going to happen with or without Grinch? They're going to give up 60 points and they're going to get blown out. Now, we'll see what they do against UCLA in the last game of the regular season at the Coliseum. But then, like, even the bowl game is going to be a wash because, as you mentioned, you know, Caleb's going to go pro if they're playing in the, the um, Holiday Bowl or, or some other bowl. Like, he's not going to play in that game. Um, so you're saying next season six and six, and you know when you look at that schedule, it's it's just absolutely brutal. First year in the Big Ten, who begin the season non-conference, Louisiana State, probably not a game that they would have scheduled. You know, had they known that they were going to go into the Big Ten. Well, your thoughts on why they will be six and six, and how can they build upon that? Yeah, I, I think what needs to happen, and I think Lincoln is not he, Lincoln is not dumb. He's a very smart guy. He's a smart, brilliant offensive mind. 
Miller Moss is limited. I think you and I can both agree there. And, you know, great, great kid, uh, great backup, but you can't rely on that, that kid, even in Lincoln Riley's offense and expect to contend for a national championship. And at the end of the day, USC needs to contend for national championships. Same thing with Texas. We thought both of our programs were almost there. Texas, you know, their fans thought they were almost there. They were there. We both thought that still a couple years away. And I think they need to start Malachi Nelson, who has not taken a call it, you know, he's taken in one college snap in the first game. I think he had one drive and they redshirted him, but he's a five-star recruit. Uh, I believe he went to Los Alamitos. I, you have to check me on that. I believe uh, number one quarterback, you have to give him a year like Dante Moore um, with UCLA did this year, most of the year. Now I know they went back to Garbers because they thought it was a big game, which I disagree with. Uh, again, you're going to have to get reps for this guy. Okay. Malachi has the ability to be an NFL quarterback and Lincoln will be able to do wonders with him. It's not going to click right away. The big 10 defenses are great. Um, if they get a defensive coordinator, perhaps seven or eight wins, but you're looking at their schedule. They're not going to beat Michigan. If we're just looking at it and they're not LSU, I'll give them a 50, 50 game only because, you know, I, I LSU Jaden Daniels is not going to be back at LSU. You know, I think Brian Kelly has really not done a great job there. So I'm going to say, and neither of them can play defense. So <laughs> I, I mean, LSU's defense is the D is the USC defense of the SEC. So I'll give that a 50, 50, but if that's a loss, you're looking down their schedule, mm-hmm. they're going to go up against big boys. I think UCLA is more, I always thought USC is more equipped to compete in the big 10 next year. UCLA probably because of their defense is more equipped to compete in the big 10. And I hate to say it, this might be a year next year, Rosh, unfortunately, where UCLA is better than USC at football. Okay. Normally, uh, Brandon Monday, we're, we're, we're both focused on Monday night football and not that we want yeah. to maybe touch on chargers Jets, but tonight, Monday night, James Harden makes his debut in New York Clippers and the Knicks. Um, Listen, we've, we've both talked to our good friend Grant Mona about this. Grant's not 100% on board, but I think this is sort of like a Hail, a Hail Mary. I think there's enough of a sample size to know at least one, perhaps both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are not going to be there come playoff time. It's unfortunate, but it's not just like a one-year thing. I mean, it's been 2021, 2022. Like, you, you, you've seen it enough where... Is this a Hail Mary that could backfire, though? Because some people say, well, it doesn't hurt to try. I don't know, man. I, I don't, I, I've seen the story play out with James Harden far too often to make me think that this is a championship player. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think they had to make this move, and I think it was an excellent move for what they gave up. Um, does it win him a championship? Probably not. Harden's never won a championship, but he's also never been on a team with a guy that can put the team on their back and win a championship and Kawhi Leonard. And yeah. we saw glimpses of that um, in the first round, the f- first couple of games he played where they would have beaten the Suns. We yeah. saw it. People know about they would have, if Kawhi had stayed healthy and George, even if they didn't have George, they'd probably win that series. If Kawhi Leonard is healthy. Yeah. Um, Durant is really, you know, not, uh, you could say what you want about his legacy in his career, but we saw last year didn't, didn't, didn't step up. It was Booker, right? We saw um, in Brooklyn, a lot of it was James Harden. And I get it. James Harden's not a great postseason player, but the reason why this trade had to be made to cut it short is the regular season. They don't want to be like the Lakers and we can, (laughs) we won't talk about them right now. They need to be out of the play in both of these teams because we saw what happened to the Lakers. They got gassed by the Denver series. The Clippers are thinking Harden, excellent regular season player. And in the playoffs, we'll let Kawhi, hopefully him being healthy, 
you know, let him take the shots that Harden would have taken that he took for Philadelphia. And Harden wasn't extent from all of these bad, like he had terrible games all around. He had a few 40 point games that won games against the Celtics. He was just bad in the huge games. And I don't think Embiid really stepped up to the plate uh, either, but I think Kawhi is a guy that could. So they better hope Kawhi's healthy. I think it could work out. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, let's talk about the two uh, professional football teams in Los Angeles, the Chargers and the Rams. Let's start with the Rams real quick. Uh, going into their bye week, again, they, they lose to Green Bay yesterday uh, with a backup quarterback. But that being said, I mean, that, so now they're three and six. Now we're sort of where we kind of thought they were. I think we all thought, eh, you know what, they, they may win a few games, but this is not a, a very good team. They kind of surprised us at the beginning of the season. They go to Seattle, they beat Seattle the first game of the season, play San Francisco tough. You're thinking, oh, there could be something here. At three and six, what do you do now? I mean, do you, do you, do you, you can't say tank, but you can kind of sit guys. You can kind of tell Matt Stafford he doesn't have to come back. What is the future of the Rams? And is there, I mean, I guess they're still kind of in the hunt for Caleb if, uh, if they continue to lose. Your thoughts on what happens with them? Well, I think first off, it's going to be important to see, you know, the Giants, what they do without Daniel Jones, because yeah. they have already one loss less. And of course, the Cardinals. But if the if Kyler, Kyler Murray is a great football player, say what you want. If he comes back healthy, the Cardinals will have a chance to win any given Sunday. Right. Like just talent alone. Him, Marquise Brown, a few others. Once James Conner comes back, they can hope for that, that the Cardinals win a couple games. They're not yeah. supposed to win and the Rams lose out. Then you have the Giants who may not win another game the rest of the season. Not that Daniel Jones was helping him anyways, but I mean, they <laughs> yeah. were, they were, weren't winning games left and right regardless. But it's not just the thing is a rush. It's, there's a multitude of, it's a twofold thing here. Everyone's saying McVay, like talking about like McVay when he was Super Bowl, he can call plays at an elite level. He doesn't have the team. Okay. Yeah. Like I'm tired of like, oh, fire McVay. Like what, what are you talking? What are we talking about here? Like, come on. McVay is a great coach. You're not going to get anybody better than McVay. Yeah. Um, he did come back to try and compete, right? He was, he was mulling retirement and it didn't work out. There's going to be a lot of questions this off season. And I think it starts with McVay. Does he want to return on the coach? That's a huge, as the yeah. coach, because it's a huge question. They are going to have to talk to Stafford about restructuring his contract. Again, Cup, you restructure. I mean, I know he just had it restructured, but you got to talk to him. And do you move Cup? I mean, as crazy as it sounds, you have Nakua. You have to get other pieces and other guys better around the roster. They won their Super Bowl, Rosh. It's not like they need to win again, yeah. right? It's just my thinking here. There's a multitude of quarterbacks, though, in the draft that they could take. Drake May, Michael Penix, Caleb Williams being the top three. If they can get one of those top three three to five picks, I think they should go quarterback, whether McFay or Snead wants to admit it or not, because Stafford's getting older and the team's just simply not talented enough to compete for national, you know, for a championship. Yeah. Speaking of coaches, I mean, Brandon Staley uh, won a must win game. Justin Herbert played his best game of the season last uh, week on Sunday night when they beat the Chicago Bears. Big, big, I guess another must win game uh, against the Jets. What happens with Brandon Staley? And and here's my kind of the, I'm more kind of interested in this because it, it's so rare, as you know. Tom Telesco has hired three coaches, I believe, and they've all had a similar fate where they've had two good seasons and then two bad seasons, and then he fires them. Generally, a, a GM is not in position to make that call for a fourth time. Your thoughts on the futures of Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco? 
Well, I do think if you're asking me about the the game tonight, yeah. I do think uh, I do think the Jets cover and win. Um, okay. It's a hot take. It's a hot take, but this just seems like a game. The Chargers, <laughs> we know the Chargers too well. All the exactly. momentum in the world, and they're you know New York has a real defense. Yeah. Um, you know, Kellen Moore is going to have to call plays. And actually, you know, look, should the Chargers win? Of course. Zach Wilson's that quarterback for the other team. The Jets have beaten the Jets have beaten some good teams. They beat the Bills. So again, I digress. Uh Brandon Staley is going to be fired at the end of the year. I don't think there's any question about it. I really don't, Arash. But I you have to get I mean, you know who would be a perfect coach? I hate to say it. Lincoln Riley for the Chargers yeah. would be an excellent coach because you could call plays. You have a superstar quarterback. You have playmakers and that can work on screens like Keenan Allen. You have a vertical threat if he's ever healthy in Mike Williams and Quinton Johnson. But I just don't see a scenario or a world, even if they do make a wild card, they're going to lose in the first game. So I don't yeah. see a scenario where Staley can come back when you're wasting prime years of Justin Herbert, who's one of the more talented quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. As someone who's tracked and followed San Francisco, one of the names that's going to come up, and not just because of what he's going through currently at Michigan, is Jim Harbaugh. Again, a track record of successful uh, of success when he was in the professional ranks. I think that's the one thing with Lincoln Riley. Yeah, great college coach, but you don't know how that will uh, how that will transfer over. Your thoughts on Jim Harbaugh? You know the way things kind of finished in San Francisco. If you're a GM of a team, would you talk to Jim Harbaugh? Absolutely. I don't care about the scandal. I mean, I honestly could care less. I, it's about winning football games at the end of the day. Um, and they're in desperation. They owe it to their fans to win football games with this roster. Jim Harbaugh had massive success with the 49ers. He always implements a solid defense wherever he goes. And he's a quarterback whisperer most of the time. Like he'll turn quarterbacks. J.J. McCarthy had no business being the best quarterback or one of the best quarterbacks in college football over the past two years. And he has been. Okay, And their defenses have been elite at Michigan. He immediately turned that program around. They couldn't beat Ohio State for like how many years? 20? I mean, they've beaten them every year now. And they're going to beat them this year too. Um, again, the scandal, yes. Whatever it is what it is. He might dip anyways. Chargers have to give him a call. I think, you know, Lincoln, what I meant there is a more offensive-minded guy yeah. that you could take like a high-risk, high-reward. Again, I don't think Lincoln leaves USC, though. I'm just being real. I mean, he hasn't made. It's the best coach. I mean, best job in college football. He's making $10 million a year or whatever. Yeah. So, again, I don't think he leaves. Harbaugh could leave because of the scandal, especially if they get, you know, bowl ineligible ineligibility over the next few years. Definitely a guy I would talk to. Uh, with the end of the World Series, and I and, and I really thought of a term that you use a lot is moxie. When you have Corey Seager doing what he does in, in the postseason, and it's like, listen, I know the Dodgers like Trey Turner and Freddie Freeman, and they're very good, but you know, but like Corey Seager was that homegrown talent. Uh, so again, the, the Dodgers lose that homegrown talent. They didn't really do anything big last offseason but this offseason they are going to be going after a player that you covered uh quite extensively in Shohei Otani your thoughts again now things are going to ramp up Brandon again we've been talking about it for the past year now the season's done the baseball winter meetings are going to be coming up your thoughts on what's going to happen with Shohei I mean I think he's a Dodger I don't think there's any question uh, he's comfortable in Los Angeles um from what I've heard and I think he wants to win and say what you want about the Dodgers they'll get to the playoffs you can't say the same thing about the Angels right unfortunately yeah. um they're for way further away than the Dodgers and at least 
you'll give Otani at bats in the playoffs. So you'll give him a start in the playoffs and yeah. see what he can do. Can he be the missing piece to get the Dodgers where they want to be? You bring up Corey Seager. I mean, Corey Seager, when you looked at him on the Dodgers, you're like, that guy's a Dodger, like definition of a Dodger. Like you don't give guys like that up. Same thing with Bellinger. Yeah. Um, and I get, you know, and now Bellinger, of course, is doing great. And I get the Bellinger thing more. I think they always should have paid Corey Seager. I was always for it. I just thought, you know, like the bats there, he's he won you a World Series, you know, a World Series MVP. There's history there. And we saw how it came to fruition in Texas in his second year. And by the way, it wasn't just the playoffs. He, if Otani wasn't doing what he did in the first, you know, four or five months of the season, Seager would be a unanimous MVP. If Otani didn't pitch at all the whole year, right? Like Seager hit like 340 with 30, 40 home runs, you know, 100, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. His OPS was over 1,000. The Dodgers are going to get Otani. I truly believe that. But can they get over the hump with him? I know. There's more pressure. There'll be more pressure, Ross. You think <laughs> yeah. there's pressure now. Yeah. You better win a World Series if you mm -hmm. get Otani. And if they don't win... Then there's going to be questions about Andrew Friedman because Roberts is just doing what Friedman says. And, you know, there has to be a lot of self-reflection if they can't win next year, if they do, in fact, get Otani. Exactly. And I hate to shoehorn this in at the end, but the Lakers, I think, had a very solid win against the Clippers. Again, a game where Kawhi and Paul George played that cross-country trip to Florida in November. As someone who did the beat for a while is a tough one. Generally speaking, though, last two minutes, your thoughts on the purple and gold, the Los Angeles Lakers? I love the way they look. I'm just like Sunday. I don't care. I knew yeah. they were going to lose that game. You have an impressive win over the Clippers. They're going to be less motivated against the Magic, a team they already beat, and the Magic are going to be more motivated because they lost, especially yeah. in a close game, right? I knew they were going to lose that game. Um, it's about how can you improve throughout the season? I think Russell's looked great for the most part. I know he didn't look good last game. I think Reddish defensively has been great. Christian Wood's been a great find. The, the offense is going to be an issue, but there's injuries, Arash. A lot of people yeah. are looking at this team and they think three and three, what's wrong with the Lakers? They don't have their best defender in Jared Vanderbilt. They don't have a ton of guys, right? Like Gabe Vincent's now hurt and he's a great defender. Say what you want about his offense so far this season. Rui Hachimura, offensive guy who can play a little defense and mm -hmm. has some versatility. There's a lot, Arash. And I think the, you know, it's early and a lot of people are going to be like hating on them. I care about, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's not a battle. It's a war, right? Like it's, it's long. No one cares about the in-season tournament, not even yeah. the players, really. I hate to uh, say it. I mean, Bones Highland didn't even know what was going on with that, and <laughs> rightfully so. I don't. I mean, how do you have tournaments games on a Friday, and you take a week off, have regular games, and then back to the in-tournament games? Yeah. It makes no sense, and they're going to have to make some changes to that. But again, I think they'll be fine, Arash, as long as they play defense. Exactly. And and like you said, I mean, people, you know, when they see LeBron, they, they, they think they're at full strength. As you mentioned, you know, four of their maybe top seven or uh, mid or uh, eight players, they're not playing right now. So, again, Jared, Jared Vanderbilt, Rui Hachimura, Gabe Vincent, uh, these are key players for that team. Uh, Brennan, always great to have you. Looking forward to have you back on next week. Um, and man, we'll see how the Lakers do moving forward. Uh, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, it's Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Everybody got 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.